Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sam Pets Radio. Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi everybody, and welcome back to another year of serious issues, an occasional comic book podcast, but also sometimes it's manga. And yes, I'm pronouncing it differently this year. It's my New Year's resolution to pronounce manga or manga different every single year. My name is Andrew Levins, and joining me today, my very special guest who joins me to talk about manga and manga only, Connor Stevens. I have no other identity, but it is lovely to be here. Uh, you do have another identity. You are one of the hosts of the podcast Wine Mums, a um just just above monthly uh, podcast. <laughs> it's like it's like every three weeks. Is that your schedule? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes it was like <laughs> quarterly for a bit there. It's more regular than serious issues is at this point. Yeah, true. We're united on that front. We like to keep waiting. Yeah. So, Happy New Year to everyone listening and Connor. Um, and uh, our New Year's gift to you is uh, us spending the next amount of time uh, discussing all the manga that we've read in the last couple months since we last caught up. Um, and we have some big names at the, at the start. So if you're like one of those people that is just, is just allergic to the very idea of, of reading something from Japan, uh, we're going to come out the gate with some big, big heavy hitters that maybe you will want to pay attention to. Because uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest manga series of all time, uh, just to hit a massive milestone, and that is Chapter 1000 of One Piece. Um, by, I always forget his first name. His second name is Oda, or it's his first name if you live in Japan. Um, I know it. I don't know how to it, say it unless I fuck it, it up. Ichiro. Yeah, no, me too. Ichiro, I, <laughs> something like that. There's an E and a couple of yeah, I's in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you would think after reading a thousand chapters of this man's manga, um, we would at least know how to say his name properly. I know how to spell it. <laughs> Um, it's E double I C H I R O, and um, that's the last we'll say of his name. He is Oda, or, or some people refer to him as Goda, as in like God, God. Uh, <laughs> because uh, he is the uh, the god of shonen manga. And uh, One Piece is his uh, extremely long running series that's been going on since the late nineties. Um, and yeah, uh, just just the first the first. Uh, issue of Shonen Jump uh, for 2021 included the thousandth ish, uh, chapter of uh, of One Piece. 
Um, and uh, it was Connor, actually, um, who was one of the, uh, I guess, like handful of people that started prodding me in the back a couple of years ago. Like, hey, you know, you should really read One Piece. You should really one- read One Piece one day. We definitely specified the short- in the shortest amount of time humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. You should you should affect all of your your relationships in this world by reading One Piece as quickly as you can. Um, and yeah, I guess I, just over two years ago, I, I read it. I loved it. Uh, it became probably my favorite media franchise. I, I, I managed to be very lucky at the end of 2019. I had a trip to Japan and I went to the One Piece Tokyo Tower attraction and I got to take selfies with uh, pl- highly detailed plastic models of all of my favorite characters from the series um, and got to play a bunch of dumb pirate games. And uh, <laughs> because of COVID, that thing is shut down forever. Yeah, what uh, the so fuck? Never get to go. Yeah. I, uh, I I'm very grateful that I that I spent my, an afternoon there and, and watched uh, a, um, a a live like a, a like I said a one piece play uh, in, in entirely in Japanese that I couldn't understand any of but uh, I loved every moment of it. Um, but yeah, one piece as a as a as a as a story um, told through the art form of manga, not so much anime, uh, is is just an absolute joy to me and uh, has been something that you've been reading for obviously far longer than I have, Connor. How long have you been reading One Piece? Five years now. I thought it was shorter than that, but it, no, six years this year. Wow! Con- happy birthday to you, reading One Piece. Yeah, I know. Uh, I feel like I feel like so, one of the pros, you know. And the funniest thing about this is that, like, given that, like, by the time I caught up on One Piece, um, it was only at the um, the Wano arc, and they are still in the Wano arc. And um, I think if you go all the way back six years to when you started reading, they were probably only in like Dressrosa then, right? Which is yep. only like an, an arc and a half before this one. So what seems like, you know, a small blip in, in terms of story was, was many, many, you know, y- years ago. Uh, it's crazy how, how, how much story there has been and how much time has passed since this story. I don't know, you, you kind of get lost in the... Uh, the, t- the the real time of the manga and then how much time it has taken Oda to produce it. Yeah, I still don't know how that man does weekly outside of like the several reports of him being hospitalized every year. But yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, I remember that was like yeah, he got his hospitalized last year, um, and everyone was like, "Don't worry, it's not COVID. He's just exhausted, like he always <laughs> is, because he creates one of the greatest manga series almost every week." Um, so yeah, chapter one thousand is uh, is kind of like the I guess I guess a lot of people thought it was going to be the end of the Wano arc. Um, we should say, you know, One Piece is a story. It's a pirate story about Luffy, a, uh, a, a you know typical shonen dumbass who um, wants to be king of the pirates, and uh, he's eaten a gum gum fruit, which allows him to stretch his body uh, to all shapes and sizes because he is a man made of rubber now, um, and he meets. Uh, Different characters on his journeys. Some of them join his crew. Some of them he fights uh, for many, many chapters, and then they come back again as friends. Um, and uh, this, I guess, that we everyone says like, "Oh, we're finally heading towards like the end of this series," but it still feels like it's many, many years away from seeing the end written. Um, but they're currently in a like, like classical Japan setting. Uh, do you know which era it's referencing exactly? I don't. Sorry, but I'm sure it's. Very interesting to find out. Just say, like, I mean, pre-feudal, I guess you could say. or fe- Is it feudal Japan or pre-feudal? It'd have to be feudal. Yeah, say feudal. 
yeah feudal so i guess like 15 1600 yeah uh and so yeah they're in they're in a a very like you know classical japan setting of an island now and he's going up against um one of the the biggest threats he's ever gone up against um he is a, a, a warlord um one of the one of the few warlords of the sea and he's going up against two of them at once um, and it, his name is Kaido, uh, Emperor Kaido. Wait, he's not, he's, he's not, no, Luffy himself is a, he, I, I, I'm terrible. I, for someone that's read a thousand of this, I should know these facts better. Uh, so don't, don't come at me, the three people who, who listen to this podcast that, that read um, One Piece. Um, he's going up against an emperor, right? Yeah, Emperor Kaido, who may also two, be a two emperors. Sea, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. But, uh, and uh, it's, so it's like, I guess... We, we, we've been witnessing basically Luffy running for about 30 chapters um, and the various members of his crew fighting different underlings of Kaido. And uh, this began, began the big fight, which uh, continued this week with uh, chapter 1001 with uh, Luffy and a few other pirates um, up against Kaido and another emperor, Big Mom. Um, Connor, are you loving this as much as you ever have? <laughs> we, yeah, this is like my favorite arc, I'm pretty sure. I, um, you know, there's, oh, there's so many I love, and I think I do love all of them at one point, but. I think Water like, 7 and Marineford are like my top, top two, and like, this could absolutely be in the top three with them. Yeah. I think like this might just be like number one. I've read it from start to finish, like this arc alone just hit different points, both of kind of being lost because there's so much going on, and just because I love it so much, just start at the back of the arc and work the way through it. This, Wano is just such a rich setting, both because you can do all that cool feudal Japan shit, but it's really like. There's probably still 10 years to go, surely. But we're so in the end game that they're just throwing so much lore at you as well and there's about a million characters who are all deciding to show up or they're in prison together. And I think before that, my favourite arc was actually... um, Well, one of my favourites was um, Impel Down, just that sort of really closed-off Luffy punching up people in a prison. Yeah, cool. I I, I include that as part... I think it's like a two... That and the one after it make up Marineford, right? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Impel down, I love Impel down. Him, him, him fighting his way out of the jail. That's that's like just that's the most addicted to One Piece I ever was. <laughs> like I don't think I slept that night until I finished the arc. <laughs> Till Bon Clay got his proper send off. Damn, bring him back. Of all of all characters to come back, I want Bon Clay back. Um, but yeah, I mean. I guess this is not not so much like us reviewing chapter 1000 of One Piece, but it's just us saying, hey, if you've ever like considered reading it, but you're like, hey, I don't know if the 1000 chapter investment is worth it. It absolutely is to say that like this, this current arc is both of our favorites, like one of our favorites uh, is, is insane considering how long he's been making this story for and to, for it to still be this good when so many other shonen manga have come close to this. Like, you know, I feel like, celebrated manga like 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 bleach becomes less and less celebrated the higher up you get um where like it, it's it series like that definitely hit like what seems like an end point but then keep going this is the, the the manga that no one ever wants to end yeah and it just would you agree and i think what's amazing about this chapter specific chapter 1000 is what i expected was like a big law dump like you're about to hit something big and everything's about to go off and it will change the way we read One Piece forever. But this was kind of like the most pure Luffy punches someone in the, in the face and says the line. And that's kind of the issue. Yeah, like, totally. Despite everything, it's this... still that. It hasn't ever lost that charm. It was a celebration of Luffy 
you know, that you had a little bit of law about the D in Luffy's name. <laughs> that was the extent of the law you, you got. Um, but mostly it was just him. Yeah. Like, like, you know, looking out for his friends and, and, and punching someone much bigger than him in the face. Making sure they the know good he shit. be king of the pirates. Oh, I mean, I, I'd forgotten. So it was good <laughs> to get a reminder. Um, so that's One Piece 1000, which can be found, um, uh, you know, on bookshelves in every single bookshop. I think if, if anyone stocks any manga, there was always a, a volume or two of One Piece there. Um, we both read it on the Shonen Jump app, which is uh, ex- an extremely cheap price to pay a month to get all the new series and old series in the uh, Shonen Jump vault. And one of the series that we really enjoyed uh, last year that came to an end, or so they say, um, is a series called Chainsaw Man. Connor, when I first told you about Chainsaw Man, um, you were like, oh, don't read that. It, it's crap. It's really bad. Don't do it. And then curiosity got the better of me when I went like Shonen manga crazy. And I started reading the first few chapters and I was like, yeah, he's right. It is pretty crap. But I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> and uh, I fell in love with it so fast. Just this it's absolutely insane manga by uh, Fujimoto Tatsuki. And... Um, it took. A, it was a few weeks of me and I know a few others in your life being like, Chainsaw Man's pretty good, hey. Chainsaw Man's actually the best, hey. And uh, the, the the second half of last year, you caught up and um, we were able to read the finale in tandem. Um, Chainsaw Man is a, is a is a book about um, a, another absolute dumbass shonen protagonist who um, has a demon within him that he can summon and his demon is just like chainsaws on every limb and a big chainsaw like jumps out of his face and it's him being uh him working for the government essentially to 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 rid the world of demons but there's so much insane plot developments you can't really like stay a fan of a character for too long because they die extremely quickly and there's just a lot of blood and insanity in every chapter um, I think, you know, where a lot of shonen manga and like superhero stories in general, you can kind of guess what's going to happen next. Chainsaw Man is one of the most unpredictable stories I've ever read. And um, I found the finale so satisfying. Connor? Where to start with this one? I think what I love about it most is you'd read it and you're like, why is this in Shonen Jump? Is this really a shonen manga? But at the same time, it's just insanity... And its power system and its willingness to just accept death at every turn is almost not like a deconstruction is the right word, but those no, I'm with you on that. And it just like it uses that to be the best story it could possibly be. Yeah, it's definitely like I feel like there were moments where I'm like, oh, this is a comment on the state of shonen manga because like the previous. I really want to read the the previous series by uh, Fujimoto, which is um, uh, Fire Punch. Fire Punch. Yeah, um, I saw it on the book on a bookshelf the other day, and almost put the first first volume. But I have too much on my reading list to get through first. Um, but yeah, I, I loved how like it, it it would sometimes be so on the nose, like a typical shonen, like hype yourself up for a fight, but then the next chapter would be like, oh, our like our hero is like in in pieces now, and someone's like laughing over him while he, while he makes a joke about being horny. I don't know, like it was. Which itself is also pretty tropey when it comes to shonen, but it just kind of blends them all together in such an insane way that I found it really refreshing and cool. Yeah, it kind of even because it's just about like some guy who wants to touch boobs for the start of it, and then you realize yeah. that's that's like a weirdly, it just kind of like a weirdly inspiring. 
it's not quite the right word, but it's it's it becomes <laughs> poignant about like what we look for in life and purpose and the fact that it's just this dumbass who eventually finds friends and love in this terrible, horrible world with one of the yeah, because his real motivation I think we've seen in his show. real motivation. Oh, absolutely, we can get back to her in a moment. But one of her, his main motivations, Denji's main motivations, is he just wants to be loved, and like to him, love means like. Not having to like you know starve and eat a good meal, but also I guess love also means being able to touch a boob um, every now and then, you know. Um, but yeah, the the villain, and we won't spoil who that is in case no one has ever read it. Um, the the moment where you realize who the villain in, it just it, it just it, it rocks, dude. It just rocks. <laughs> and I found like their their ultimate fight just so fun and satisfying. So we know that like Chainsaw Man as we currently have been reading it the last two years um, is over, but the story is continuing in, in Shonen Jump plus. Is that right? Yes. That's, that's like the one where it's purely online and they can sort of set their own schedule. Yeah. There's less pressure on, on the manga car to have to produce it weekly. Um, so that, yeah, second part starts. Um, it's going to be called school arc. Um, and it features Denji going to school with a, a, a younger demon. Um, I'm very excited for it. We don't know when it's coming, but that's going to be really fun when it does. And I imagine that will be on the Shonen Jump app as well because um, uh, what's it called? Um, Spy, family Spy Family, and Kaiju Spy Nari. Family, and, and yeah, they're both um, well, uh, Shonen Jump Plus um, ones. So yeah, it's cool. What's really cool, cool um, too with that is like it's a gorgeous manga. There's no denying that. And some of like the paneling and action are incredible. Yeah. But it is like genuinely, step down is not the right word, but from Fire Punch, there's definitely a difference between someone who had to adapt to drawing weekly compared to monthly. And Right, sure. And it, it like Fire Punch is just so gorgeous. I'm so excited to see what this set, this like paneling set, this like, power setting and everything established so far will look like when there's just all the time in the world for him to draw elaborate paneling of chainsaws becoming boxes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, Fujimoto's done a, a stack of one-shots in the past, um, which I would love, I hope, for Viz to collect at some point in the future. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, Fire Punch is now being released. There's like eight volumes of it um, in, in the West. Um, I don't. I don't know if they're all. Have they all come out yet? Yes, they've all come out. I think so. Yeah, they all came the out. series yep. came out like a few years ago. Weirdly, so. yeah, it, yeah. It fin- the final volume came out in October 2019. So I've, there's been plenty yeah. of time for me to read all of it, Connor. All right, I'm just lazy. Um, I but... read three volumes and it was so depressing. I was like, all right, I'll come back to this one day. <laughs> I'll come back to this during a year that isn't as terrible as the manga. Um, so that is um, Demon Slayer. No, it isn't. It's, it's Chainsaw Man. <laughs> Um, what's next on our list? Oh, we're going to change things up. Um, we're going to change this up to a, a, a gift that Connor um, sent to me last year um, of one of their absolute favorite manga series of all time. Sorry, anime series as well of all time. Um, Revolutionary Girl Utena, um, which is... Uh, it started in the early 90s, is that right? Yeah, 96, 7, I think, something like that. Yes, yeah, 7. So it's written and drawn by Chiho Saito. And um, the it's like based on a concept by B Puppers, who are best known for their work uh, on Sailor Moon. And 
I mean, this is like oh, not as far as like night. I don't want to interject there and be. Oh, it please do, like, please interject. <laughs> I get everything wrong, so please. It fix was it, up. it was uh, like Kuniko in Ikuhara who ran the like second to fourth seasons of the Sailor Moon TV show, who then left and was like, okay, oh, right. I'm gonna start my own independent anime studio, and got Chiho Sato and I think like three people from. Um, who do we even go in? Gynax. And they were just like, all right, here's Revolutionary Girl. It's another this multimedia project that we're all going to work out of this shop we bought in Tokyo. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. So, okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, because I, I, it's so funny that, like, yeah, beer papas or beer papas. Beer papas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do um, I love that they are this, like, weird little collective. Um yeah, and you have like you have a manga a manga artist, an animator, a character designer, a script writer, and um, a planner. Um, and so, Revolutionary Girl Utena starts as a um, starts as a as a manga series and quickly gets bought as an anime series. Also, um, not quite it's true. About... It, like it okay. was it was like the same time. You, like they all just were in this one office and like we're going to release at the same time, and they kind of. They wrote it together, all five of them, and did everything for it. And they're like, all right, Shiho Sada, you're going to write this manga and you're going to tell this version of the story that you're writing as a manga. And Ikuhara's like, this anime is going to be sort of how we tell this version of the story. And there's also a movie which came after the anime, which also like a different sort of telling of it, but they all kind of work together from like this one... Yeah, and, and then, there's a manga, um, then there's a manga adaptation of the movie. Damn, I haven't read that. that I failed. Adolescence of Utena. That's it. That's in the collection you gave me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. So I, I have read so much Revolutionary Girl Utena in the last fortnight. Um, I knew it was like so the these beautiful volumes that Viz released. The hardcover shit is just it's so gorgeous and like like reasonably like well priced as well considering the quality of the printing and the the covers and how many color pages there are it comes in like this big box there's a poster um there's two volumes of it the first book um has most of the um the main uh revolutionary girl utna um uh story and then a couple of backups then the second book has the rest of the main um story a couple of backups and then it has adolescence of utena which is the adaptation of the movie but what's crazy is it like yeah you have the the manga of revolutionary girl utena which tells the same story as the anime of revolutionary girl utena then they sum it up in the movie adolescence of utena which is like the, t- essentially telling the same story except a bit more succinctly um and then the manga adaptation of Adolesc- adolescence of utena um, so there are four different ways that you can enjoy the story. <laughs> Which is your favorite? The anime for like a shocking change for once. Um, <laughs> but I think like there is so much we can talk about with this and what this series means. And it's just like surrealist, absurdist, deconstructionist tale of prince and princesses and school academies and revolutionizing the world. But I, th- I think, like, what why the anime specifically is because when I watched it, I was uh, really young, really young, like 13, to be watching weird, absurdist anime. But there's such a focus on gender and sexuality in that anime. What specifically is really missing from the manga that I bring up is, a, like, a romantic relationship between Anthe and Utena. 
that's also yep. like in the movie and that is that is just such a, a compelling part it's like one part he wrote more of in the show that just like it means so much to me and it's so compelling and it's just gorgeous to play out and it, it means a lot to me like my own interpretations of gender and sexuality wouldn't be the same if i didn't watch this series unknowingly when i was yeah, that's 13 great. also the soundtrack is like this operatic masterpiece that's really cool <laughs> It's difficult to find in um, like in the original audio, but the dub is very easy to find. Um, it's it's available on iTunes if anyone wants to purchase it um, legally. And I imagine that is how you watched it anyway the first time, huh? No, I pirated it. <laughs> oh, right. So yeah, so, okay, great. There you go. <laughs> no, I mean, but you saw the dub. The, you would have seen the dub first or the sub? No, I saw the sub. I've never seen the dub, actually. I cannot comment okay, on its quality. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially it's about um, uh, Utna Tenju, um, who is a, a, a teenage schoolgirl who um, basically after being saved by a prince um, earlier in her life, she just, she, she becomes uh, enamored with the idea of herself becoming a prince too. And um, she goes to a, an elite school where she has to um, enter duels, like like sword duels, sword fighting duels, uh, to win the hand of the Rose Bride, who is also a student that goes to the, the school. And eventually it's about like, you know, attaining the power to revolutionize the world, but that is like interpreted differently by the different characters. Um, it was a really fun read. Um, as someone that has only read it, um, I, I am, I'm, I'm definitely inspired to to watch it at some point. Um, if not the series, then definitely the movie, which I found on on, on YouTube, but uh, only on, only in the the dub form. I am I really want to see what they're like with uh, with the original voice act- actors. Um, but so I've read all of Revolutionary Girl, Utana, the side stories, and uh, the adaptation of Adolescence of Utana. Sorry, I keep saying Utana, even though it's Utana. Um, but this year um, saw the English release of to celebrate the anniversary. Was it like the twenty twenty fifth anniversary um, of of Revolutionary Girl, Utana? Um, we got Revolutionary Girl, Utana after the Revolution, which is like a sequel to Utana. Um, and I was expecting it to be like, yeah, like a direct sequel. We find out what happens after the finale of the original series. But, um, in, in probably like what my favorite part of this book is, you get like a, the back matter is a comic strip, um, detailing what the, um, the writer Chiho Sato, um, came up with, um, as she's talking to her editor, as when her editor pitches her that to do some, new Utena comics to celebrate the anniversary. And she talks about like, she can't imagine and doesn't think anyone would want to see what Utena and um, Anthe would look like grown up. So instead we get a bunch of short stories from the side characters of the series and them having like, like the, like no memories, I guess of, of, of the first series, but them having weird interactions with Utena um, as adults. Did I get it? Is that all correct? Do you want to correct me on any of that? <laughs> no, this time, I already feel bad about doing that before. But yes, <laughs> no, it's fine. I did get it wrong. Damn it! No, no, no you got it right. You're fine. You're good. Oh, thank God! <laughs> thank the Rose Bride I herself. I will continue this um, podcast now. It's fine. Um, so yeah, the, the you, you get three short stories. Um, one featuring the two male leads of um, of Utna, um, which was. A lot of a lot of fun. Um, the story in the middle um, about, uh, I guess, like at one point, Uten is kind of like greatest rival, who is like the um, she is a a very skilled sword fighter, 
Um, what's her name again? Ah, uh, curly haired woman. As if you don't know what her name is. Yeah, Come on, you're, you're the biggest Utena fan in the in the universe. Jury. Is it Jury? I yes, I believe yeah. so. Jury. Arasugawa. Arasugawa. Um, so Jury. She cuts the like the little locket around her thing, and then it falls on the ground and opens and shows her like lost love, and the big music plays. It's all very, very meaningful. Well, so that that is referenced directly in her in her chapter in this um in this sequel comic and i think i think her in which like a rival basically comes one of her rivals comes back great rivals like not just rival in terms of um swordplay but also rival in terms of romance um and so he comes back and they have some sword fighting and then she's just going to quit sword fighting it's a roller coaster but um that was by far my favorite story and then the final story is one that and i know that like taboo subjects like um uh, incest are uh, explored a lot more freely in Japanese writing and, and arts uh, than you know most Western arts do. But it's a story about like um, how dare a brother reject the kisses on the mouth of his sister, <laughs> like and kind of paints him the bad guy for shutting her out. Yeah, I don't know. I, it was it was it was an odd an odd an odd tale, but like I know that like culturally those themes, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I think I only lo- sort of liked the first story in that in in this um collection because it, it's kind of weird because being twenty five years after and forgetting the original, it almost is kind of in its own way the fourth or fifth retelling of the same story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love the first one because it's um. Oh, who's our boys? Toga and Salji. Yes, and that's like that's like got heaps of the gay subtext there, and that one feels like it's got a pretty cool meta narrative on art surviving through time, as well as their own like individual stories from the original series, and that one really stuck. And then I found the second one, um, kind of just like. Re- not so much repetitive, but kind of like a redux of just the show. And I was like, oh, okay. When I was expecting something else, I was like, yeah, it's fine. And the third one... The well, don't, was... don't they play? They, they play on what happened in the show with the locket in that one. He's like the guy who he she duel, duels against has engraved something in her locket when she looks at it later. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought that was cool, but like it was still like... It kind of just... <laughs> It, it like felt like the show, which I think when I reread it after realizing what the collection was, I enjoyed it a lot more. But that first time, I was like, "Oh, this isn't quite sure. the sequel yeah. series I was expecting." And yeah, the third one, I think the manga always kind of had that weirder, more taboo edge to it with the sisterly, the, the sibling yeah, romance. They don't, they don't go too hard on it in the original series, but they went very hard on it in this. Yeah, uh, in it's this kind of like story. I enjoyed the subtext of the like the gay subtext being there, but I didn't need the incestuous subtext becoming text. <laughs> <laughs> but then the last two yeah. pages were so beautiful. I cried seeing those characters again in that way. Like, and I was like, oh, okay, that was a bit weird, but I'm yeah. back again. It's fine. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, you're right. It, it does end with like it, it being a direct kind of like sequel to the life of Utena and um, Anthe. Um, the, the highlight of the book though was was because uh, I thought you were talking about the last two pages where, where, with the afterward where you have the um I, oh, I the author and, yeah. and the editor more talking essays about, about writing processes. They're always the best. They're always so great. I love like the like you know how how much humility like 
Japanese writers have about their works. Like they admit that it's influential, but they also will be like, I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I hope you like it is always what they say. Um, Yeah. So that's uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Thank you very much for the gift of an incredible hardcover collection, Connor. I'm very glad Um, to gift it. I think there is something about that series' take on like, subversion of gender and sexuality and tropes and like finding one's purpose it's timeless and i might even just have to throw my dvd collections down your way for you to give it a watch oh true good idea um so i did say at the beginning of last year that i wanted to read more shoujo um manga which is manga for for teenage girls as opposed to shonen manga which is manga for t- teenage boys um and i i've read the goat this is like the the most the highest revered um uh shoujo beat uh release right yeah i like you um oh, i can't remember her name is it like takahashi right uh, as in like um uh the who we're gonna talk about later rumiko Takaha- takahashi yeah yeah who wrote Ma- Ma- Maison, um Ikoku and Mermaid Saga and many others. She's another goat. Another goat. Yeah, so I've done Nutan, I've done, I've done one of the goats and um, now Connor is going to tell me about uh, two other shoujo manga um, that uh, they've been reading um, that that are not as well known. Did Shoujo Beat publish these ones? No, this, this is pretty cool. This is a um, Seven Seas and then one that hasn't been released in English, but I'm here too. Spread the good word and hope they do. Uh, Please do. The first one is Kageki Shoujo, The Curtain Rises. Uh, This is a really fantastic release of a story that is basically the fictionalized version of the Takarezuka um, Rebu, the all-female theater troupe that has existed in Japan for over 100 years now, Uh, kind of like a school of performing arts in which women get accepted into... It's kind of a school and then they live their whole lives as theatre performers and they've done uh, so many productions of like Rose of Versailles, another classic shoujo piece and stuff like Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet. They've got their own original, original content and they put so many productions yep. throughout every single year and there's all these different classes and some of them become their own celebrities and it just like plays on free-to-air Japanese television as well as big theatre events. And it's huge. Wow, that's cool. And it has never made its way outside of Japan because they just never digitize them. So you can sort of like buy DVDs if you know how to speak Japanese, but that's about it. But it's it's a really incredible piece of theater in the world. And this is basically about the Koku um, School of Performing Arts in this world and about two young girls who are like end up in the program uh, ready to like live their lives. One of them is a young ex-idol who basically left the idol industry sort of got kicked out for calling a fan a like creepy weirdo and this young country hick who's really tall and really lanky and they get accepted into the program and they've kind of got to like and they've got to learn beside each other and they're shoved in the same dorm so it's this opposites attract kind of story of two young rising stars and it's incredible in the way that it is it feels so like attached to the history of shoujo manga while also having such a strong theater edge from the takarezuka and just you know being a story about theater and then having this really not just emotional but um really sensitive heart in which you're following these young girls who 
become actors for different reasons and like learn to love the profession and have to like deal with their own weight. There's heaps of stuff about child sexual abuse, so content warnings for that and like body issues that are covered as well as they kind of learn to come together with their own identity and figure out why they're at their school and learn to build such a strong friendship with each other and seize their dreams. And so it's this incredibly strong personal stories mixed with like the joy of acting and then just like super crazy spreads where you'll just see a production of Romeo and Juliet across a full page and it's the most gorgeous thing. I was shocked by how much I enjoyed this. Like I, I picked it up because I, I love the history of the Takarezuka, but I didn't know anything that um, the mangaka Kumiko Saki has ever done before. But yeah, this just like suddenly the the character work is just so compelling and it's so meaningful and it's just gorgeous and cool. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we should say that the first thing Connor ever recommended I watch or read was um, a, a series called Descending Stories, or in Japanese, uh, Showa, Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju. Um, Shinju. And um, that is a a book about another book about like a um, a, a, a theatrical um, uh, a style of Japanese theater um, that that kind of is is more and more scarce post um, World War Two, um, and it's kind of like the yeah like the dying days um, of, of this movement um, in which like uh, exclusively male performers um, perform like a one man show essentially. Um, and it is one of the best things I've ever watched, um, with easily the best opening theme I've ever seen. Um, and uh, it, it cemented uh, Connor as someone to always listen to in terms of recommendations. And so without that recommendation, you may not be here um, recording this episode with me, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, but I'm back I bring to the, return to the brand, apparently. I bring this up because, like, you know... I, I now have a, a taste for uh, manga about uh, <laughs> Japanese theatre. So it uh, looks like I'll be having to give this one a shot. Um, now tell me about the uh, 
Kowloon Generic Romance. This one's really cool. This is actually uh, like an adult romance between two uh, sort of like 30-year-old like middle-class workers in the Kowloon walled city. Kowloon, I think that's in like uh, in Hong Kong. Just right. before the um, turn of the 21st century. They work in like a real estate uh, agency that, you know, doesn't have a working air con and they're kind of just like, and it's uh, just making by. And I think it's just a really just sweet, sincere manga about getting on in life and still falling in love and kind of becoming the best version that you of yourself that you want to be. And I, I love seeing a, like a manga a romance manga focus on adult characters. You don't see that enough. And that brings like so many different things to the table with the history of the genre and just the writing itself. And this manga is gorgeous. I love the uh, June Maizuki. She did another series called After the Rain, which is incredible, but that's like a really sort of beautiful and heavy series about overcoming trauma and living life. But this is just a just like a gorgeous little piece of a bunch of people standing around smoking cigarettes my favorite genre of manga um <laughs> and falling in love and hanging out in the Kowloon walled city which is a gorgeous place to set a manga i tell you what also there's like this weird sort of sci-fi element where basically this weird alternate reality where they're building an artificial city in the sky and it's literally never like they never go there it's just in the background of some of the panels like, it's just really cool and weird very cool <laughs> awesome that's great. Um, so that's uh, that's two newer shoujo manga um, for anyone to check out if they are interested. I'm going to go back to another goat uh, because another collection that Viz put out at the end of last year is um, uh, the first uh, collection of uh, Maison Ikoku um, by Rumiko Takahashi, um, who is best known for uh, Inuyasha, uh, Mermaid Saga, and Urusei Yatsura. Um, among others, I'd never read anything of hers except for a, a couple of chapters of Urusei Yatsura, um, and uh, I was excited to read this one because I, I know a lot of people love this is like their favorite one by her. Um, basically, it's about uh, like first we meet like a um, like a typical teenage boy who's living in an apartment with many other like eccentric guests, um, and he's studying hopelessly for exams. And it's obviously like something he's not good at because everyone in the building uh, is constantly making fun of him for being terrible at at, at work. Um, and uh, he's also like a bit of a pervert, um, and uh, that's great because. Um, uh, the biggest distraction of all time moves into his apartment as the new resident manager. Her name is Godai, and uh, she becomes like this kind of like main distraction as he tries to like sum up the nerves to um, drum up the nerves to ask her out, tell her her feelings, his feelings. Um, it is like a, a mostly like you know like gag manga, but really really well drawn, um, just like expertly put together and super funny. Um, and it's funny like you know I guess I associate so many. I guess what people would consider like, you know, reasons not to read manga, like the fact that there's always like a male pervert character, the fact that there's always like, you know, accidental groping, um, th- these things that like are traits that I'm like, I groan when I see show up in Shona manga, but it's so funny seeing them show up in a, in a manga written and drawn by a, a woman who is writing a manga for women. Like it is just like it is one of those cultural things that like, you know, that is just inherently and always will be funny for Japanese readers, <laughs> I guess. Pervert, perverts and groping. 
Um, and the fact yeah, that there would have been a whole it's a, generation that would have read this manga of like, and this would have been the new template for what to do next. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's 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 a great great book though. I'm I'm midway through this first volume, and I think the second volume um, is is on its way very soon. And I know Viz just released the first volume of Mermaid Saga as well. So that, uh, if you are looking for to beautiful collections of Rumiko Takahashi's work, um, Viz has got you back. Um, now we've been talking a bit too hard on uh, on on this girly shit. Connor, we got we got to get. We got we got to put the man back in manga. <laughs> Tell me about Transformers the manga. Oh god, hello, it's me. Um, you are a massive Transformers fan, the biggest one I know. Yeah, stupidly, some might say, but I am here. And Viz... what's your budget? Your Transformers budget for per month? How many? How many little robots do you bring into your no, life? No, I month? did pretty well in 2020. I think I would have spent like maybe two hundred dollars across the whole year. And then well done. The, the past like two months, I think I spent like five hundred dollars on shit. <laughs> 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 you know, it hasn't been two months of 2021. Sorry, right? so your, your 2020 count is a bit off. I think. <laughs> um, just trying to just trying to get some self respect back is all. Don't break it for me. <laughs> But Viz decided to treat us last year with Transformers the Manga, which is actually just like one of the coolest um, collections of history. What Transformers the Manga is, is three volumes that collects every series of Transformers manga that was released in the 80s. So Japan Japan and like Japan's company, Takara Taimi, is like side by side with Hasbro is owning the Transformers, you know, it's kind of like a joint ownership. So it's always been huge in Japan. And yeah, in the eighties, Masumi Kanata and artist Ban Megami uh, drew a series of manga kind of like for each of the seasons of the TV show and sort of between every season. And there's about like eight different five to 12 issue series that have never made their way out of Japan before in magazines in the eighties. And so Viz has just taken them all up and shoved them in these gorgeous hardcovers. And at the back is like heaps of extra material, like old posters and interviews. Uh, yeah, toy like toy designs and stuff. And it's just three hardback volumes that give you this burst in the soldier and is a kind of like history archiving is the word I've been looking for because I'm an idiot. Yeah. You just don't get like, there's all those cool manga of like X-Men and Spider-Man and Moon Knight that exists in Japan that we'll probably never see again because that's just lost a time. But here this is, and it feels like the best of dumb Transformers of the 80s with like this really real tasty uh, giant robot feel that comes from um, the artist and the kind of like more ridiculous plots in the manga. Yeah, that's great. I um, I bought my son um, something similar because he is a, he's a massive Mario fan now. Um, pretty much like when he's got his iPad out, he's playing Mario Run. <laughs> When he's got friends over, he's playing Mario Kart. And when he's alone, he's either like, yeah, like asking me to help him be an Odyssey boss or like asking me repeatedly about, you know, old Mario games. So I picked up the first volume of uh, the Super Mario Manga Mania, um, which uh, collects various stories throughout the last few decades, um, written and drawn by Yukio Sawada, who oh, has been. Like the really, um, like, sorry, like it's like the really cool Mario. Like he's kind of like squished down. He's got like this big mustache on his face, sort of thing. Oh yeah, it's like. It's like, I mean, we're so used to seeing such a regulated Mario across everything. Um, you know, whether he's 3D or 2D now, he always has the same features, but he's so off model. He talks. <laughs> um, he has like, so basically like whenever, 
whenever a new Mario game comes out, like he, this guy will just, you know, he's, and he's been doing these Mario comics since the 80s. Um, this collection is a celebration of the 25th anniversary of his manga series starting. Um, and it came out in, I think, 2017 and has finally been translated and released um, in the West now. Um, and so you have in it stories from like Super Mario Sunshine era, Mario Galaxy, Paper Mario, all kinds of different eras of Mario. And so you, you have his take on all of the um, enemies and support characters oh, so of cool. those games. And then it's, and it's like, you know, it's a really dumb, um, like, you know, farty gag manga. manga. Um, but he he basically selected all of his favorite stories and one of them includes one that he wrote about while like thinking on his father's death oh. and about how difficult it is to write a gag manga when you're like you're filled with sadness and he talks about like how his his when his father died actually he himself had to be admitted to hospital too because of the stress of his father's passing and how he used humor to like get back on track with his life um my son like adores this manga. It's like it's so fun and crazy, and then it has that that sweet bit in it. Um, and like you know, for for a kid that is like, you know, I mean Mario, there, there's it doesn't really have that much lore. It just kind of has like, oh, you know, you should play this game. You should play this game. It is fun for a kid to kind of have all these stories, which is kind of what I grew up with too. There was the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, this appalling animated show um, where you had like you know like Mario and and Luigi trying to rescue peach from bowser but like there was like a, a theme song and they talked with like you know it was voiced the by a wrestler <laughs> what's, what's and also the, like, the live action movie too the theme song it's like here come the brothers or something like that I hooked on the brothers <laughs> hooked on the brothers yeah it's great shit uh this is a lot better than that but uh it is it is cool to have like something for a kid who's getting into something to fill the gaps in their head with i guess um, i highly recommend this collection actually what's it um, called he's putting out like so uh, it's called uh Super Mario Manga Mania. Pick that up. That's cool. Yeah, definitely recommended. Uh, what's next on our list? I believe it's extremely for boys. It is Mobile Suit Gundam: The Plot to Assassinate Guy Ren. I'm gonna be brave um, enough to before- say it. It's okay for women to like <laughs> Gundam. Well, in fact, uh, I am. I'm doing all I can to get my daughter into Gundam. Um, because uh, Gundam announced a collaboration with Hello Kitty last year um, in which you get a model set that you can build a kitty and a Gundam. Or you can then take off the Gundam's head and put the kitty's head on it and then a helmet that goes (laughs) perfectly over the um, Hello Kitty's head with a complete bow and everything. It fucking rules. It's like the best toy ever. They just made a second edition of... What's what's the... Is it like a villain? Yeah, I don't don't know shit about Gundam. Zaku. Zaku, so I got a pink, a pink Zaku Hello Kitty uh, uh, set for well, for Zaku. Tilly for her birthday yeah. later in the year. Zaku, whatever, dude. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you're right. The only thing I care about is that Gundam is for girls too, and so is, I mean, all the you know, we are we. we I, I'm talking about uh, you know, uh, manga for girls as a as a as a red blooded male. It don't matter. Anyone can read books. This podcast Amen. is so brave. So, <laughs> but I'll jump into... We're brave enough to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't been released here, but I'll still talk about it. So Gundam's pretty huge here still. Like, model kits are everywhere. There's a surprisingly easy amount of places to buy the series and uh, like watch it on like Anime Lab and stuff. And it's really accessible, but 
I got recommended a manga that hasn't been translated here. It is set in the Universal Century in the uh, the original the original timelines, the very first series, the great battle between Amuro and Char, and the f- like the Federation and Earth and all that. And this is I'd like to call the Pluto. Oh shit! Yeah. So this is a detective story uh, set in the final days of the Federation, kind of like the villains of the original story, but um, this is the Federation. I've been reading too much Poppy War. The Principality of <laughs> um, Zion? Zion. 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 One of the two. You better pronounce it correctly. <laughs> we only do correct pronunciations on this podcast. <laughs> Versus the Earth Federation. So these are like kind of like the bad guys, the ones who are trying to rise up and you got to shoot them down. But this is basically a detective story in the final days of the war where they're falling apart you know they're starting to realize they've lost the war and someone is planning to assassinate the um Yiren, the the leader of the principality and it comes down to like an ordinary he's like a domestic security retired detective who gets pulled into this big conspiracy who, from the inside who are basically trying to kill Giran to try and restart the war with a different a different head a different figurehead to lead it and it is this incredible political play on all sides it really examine examines you know this classic enemy with a lot of humanity and a lot of like really sort of gray era writing a fantastic detective story and i love that this you know big sci-fi story of giant robots there's so much fun in just seeing the little technology of like their weird versions of a phone in the 80s and that's just really good. Yeah, awesome. And then also there is unique suits, sort of the end of, and it ends in like big explosive mech battles, and that's great too. But it's the plot to assassinate Gear, and it's yeah, it's never been released here, but it's surprisingly recent. And I think like on the Gundam the Origin manga collections that we got over here, and Gundam Thunderbolt is still getting released. I pray for its release, and if it ever does, you got to keep an eye out for it. All them Gundam heads in the world, this one feels yeah, I have the first. Good. I have the first two volumes of Gundam The Origin to read. Um, I have previously tried to get into robot things when uh, you told me to read um, Transformers more than It's the Eye, which I need to give another shot to. I enjoyed it. I just couldn't... I had no idea who anyone was because like, there's way too many big red robots in that series. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, right now, Connor, Transformers or Gundam, if you have to pick one, who, who are you, who are you oh, batting for? What the fuck? Um... <laughs> What a what a! Oh man! It's a brave brave question for a brave podcast. I'd probably go Gundam because I gotta like sit you down and try and work you through the uh, how to read more than meets the eye, which is easier. I swear, if you get to like volume three, the red lo- robots don't look the same. I got to like volume six. I got pretty far. Okay, maybe you're just lost. In which case, Gundam: <laughs> The Origin. <laughs> I think I think um, I but- think you'll really get into it. And there's like so many other sequel series and side series to get into. And I think you'll just fucking eat up building dumb robots one day. Your office will just awesome. be filled with tiny s- drills. Or, or the enormous ones. I saw them. They're they're pretty beautiful, like the big like $300 kits or whatever <laughs> they're called, like the PG premium. Oh, yeah. Or something. Is that what they're... Yeah, that's some wild stuff. <laughs> um, so that is uh, means we can move on to... Um, where are we moving on to? 
I've lost. I've lost out the window. The strongest the window's man. Dead. If we're talking about men, let's talk about the strongest. Oh yeah, the strongest man. Um, so we have talked about um many uh many comics. Sorry, many manga series by um uh, Nobuyuki Fukumoto um in the last year on the podcast. Uh, namely, his uh I've read um. Akagi and Ten, which are his two big Mahjong series. Uh, then he also wrote um, and still continues to write um, Kaiji, which is a, um, a basically a, a show about gambling, um, which does have a quite a few um, uh, Mahjong arcs in it itself. But like it starts off of like this guy like permanently down on his luck, trying to turn the tables by entering high stakes gambling events, and uh, he never really pulls himself out of the out of the muck. Um, and he's like all of his series are very much like you know you'll have an entire chapter dedicated to one move of one mahjong tile and like the the various thoughts that go into the characters minds as they make try to make their decision and uh some might say that sounds terrible but i love it <laughs> and i've read a lot of it um f- more than 500 chapters of mahjong manga uh, but he has many other series including ones that aren't about mahjong um and so i read one called um, uh, Seikyo Densetsu Kurosawa, which stands for basically Strongest Man Kurosawa or Legend of the Strongest Kurosawa. Um, and it is about a like old loser, um, Kurosawa, who is like overweight and in a job that he hates. And he just feels like no one likes him because he's just so bad at making friends. And so it's him like basically trying to make friends and um, in doing so, accidentally, like, gets into a fight with a bunch of teenagers and then becomes known as, like, a ruffian, um, like, a basically a demon that uh, that, that shouldn't be fucked with. Um, and it is a comedy manga. It's really funny. And it has that same level of, like, obsessing over one move of Mahjong, except instead of gambling, it's, like, Kurosawa obsessing over every potential thing he could say or do in a social situation. Um, so a really funny way to look at, to look at like, yeah, the stresses of trying to be social when you're an unsocial person, um, really funny, like pretty tragic, uh, but like comically tragic finale to it. Um, I would definitely recommend this as like to a, to someone who like as a newcomer to, um, to, uh, Nobuyuki Fukumoto's work. Um, it's not translated officially in English yet. So you have to, uh, uh, find some dodgy torrents and they are exceptionally dodgy. It's not written um, by, by Al, some man himself. Mr. Wayne uh, Sand in the subway. Not that yeah, so the, I think it is. Oh, okay. I think some of the later... Yeah, so the, the, one of the main translators of Nobuyuki Fukumoto's work, um, if, you, uh, if, you, if you search hard enough, you'll find uh, accounts from him about quitting the translating game because uh, it's, it's against God and it, it summons demons and also Pokemon and demons. There's, and, there's an incredible Hey Fam episode on it, but I can't remember which one. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a great saga uh, of... 2020 i'm pretty sure yeah very early in the year last year i kind of documented my findings because every time i go down one of these rabbit holes of fandoms um i I always uncover so much more (laughs) but um yeah strongest legend kurosawa i think is it's it's relatively short it's like 60 chapters um and it's pretty funny and and relatable throughout um give it a shot if you want to read some dodgy torrents um just before we move on um i should say I'm, i'm i've been trying to get through um what is kind of revered as one of the best uh, Shonen Jump series of all time, um, and uh, I'm having a lot of trouble with it um, because it is one of the most surprisingly dense comics that I've ever read. Um, it rivals um, 
uh, Chris Claremont's X-Men run. And, oh. and also you have that similar thing where you kind of like, you come into it with like so much, uh, you know, writing on it of like, you know, oh, this is like beloved. Um, and it was almost like a game changer when it first came out. And then you read it and like, like I'm enjoying it more than I, I, I really don't, I can't get into Claremont X-Men. I never have been able to. I understand that he's responsible for so many amazing ideas in X-Men, but his writing style where you learn. And I love, I love that this is coming off the back of me saying how much I love reading manga where they, uh, you know, describe every thought process when they, you know, move one tile of Mahjong. But there's something so ridiculous about that. It's almost a parody of Claremont's writing to me. Um, whereas, yeah, the, the, um, so I've been trying to read, um, oh God, the name has escaped me now. What have I been trying to read, Connor? The Shonen Jump series with the, um, uh, Death Note. I've been reading oh, Death Note. Oh, yes, I do remember you talking about that, yeah. And I'm like 70 chapters into an 108 uh, chapter series, and it is so, I just find it so slow and so, uh, so dense. Have you read the entirety of it? I've watched it. And the thing I try to do is try to rewatch every anime I watched when I was like 13. Because I watched a lot <laughs> then, but I do not trust myself. And this one is I haven't <laughs> tr- touched since. So I can only believe everything you said about it. <laughs> yeah, look, there, there are moments of it where it is excellent. But then it will just suddenly be so slow. And you have like two characters who are very, very crafty trying to outcraft each other. And one of them was my favorite character. He's not in it anymore. And instead oh, we have yes. like yeah. two children who I don't like. <laughs> um, and and I, you mentioned, oh yeah, it sucks from this point <laughs> forward. So my, I'm not very enthused to get through it, but I am going to force myself. I think that's going to be uh, in order to reward myself with, with, with uh, all the shoujo manga that I have to get through. I have to get, I have to finish Death Note. <laughs> the ending um, felt But enough about... <laughs> That's all that I remember. What's that, sorry? The ending felt good, so you might be rewarded. Okay, okay, cool. And I know that they did like a chapter like last year as well. That was so incredible, I'm kind of yeah. excited to see what that is. Is it? Yeah, right, cool. Um, so let's get to My Broken Mariko, which is a uh, series that you've been reading. Yeah, this is a, like a single volume release. Uh, let me pull up the... Oh, by Waka Hirako. I want to say that's her name. Uh, this is a, like a single volume release. Yen Press uh, delivered it to us in an incredible hardcover. And it is a super personal, really heavy story about um, a, a young... Uh, uh, her name's Tomoyo, is the main character. I shouldn't confuse that. Who's uh, only like only and best friend, uh, Mariko, was, like, was abused by her father practically throughout her whole life. And then one day, Tomoyo wakes up to find... Just hears on the news, actually, that her best friend has killed herself uh, and she is distressed and heartbroken and so she breaks into the household of this horrible father, steals her ashes and then takes her on a road trip because they recalled once saying that one day they'll definitely get to share a day at the beach or a conversation where if you could go anywhere, where would you go? And it is... And from there it's kind of like this really intimate story where Tomoyu tries to piece together her life now and reflect on everything and try to find some meaning uh, now that, like, her best friend is gone and that is, like, it is such an intense subject matter and it does not shy away from any of it. Any of it. It's all a matter of kind of, like, abuse is shown there in that book as well. But it is such a perfectly crafted book that is so intimate and I think so cathartic that 
it, you know, it is a book of loss, but it is a book about, you know, finding a way to keep on and living for the living and living for those who aren't and, you know, kind of like a colourful cast that you meet along the way that make your life. And, you know, I finished it and <laughs> there are tear stains on that page from when I finished it because it's just so beautiful. <laughs> But so worthwhile, and it's um, how many how many books with tear stains on their pages do you have in your collection, <laughs> and, and are they worth more? <laughs> oh, one day when I get big enough, I'll sell them. I'm pretty sure it'll matter then, but a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think like it's easily one of the best books I think I've read. Uh, the art as well is obviously like a manga has a manga art style, but nothing looks like Hirako's uh, interpretation of the human body and anatomy and facial expression, which tells so much of the story. And what's really fantastic about this collection is, you know, it's kind of like, it's a single volume release, but at the back is a little short one-shot she did uh, called uh, Hiska. I'm definitely mispronouncing that, but it is the story of, like, uh, the end of the 20th century, a bounty hunter making his way across uh, the American desert with uh, a Native American and their kind of, like, relationship which is surprisingly really uh, sensitive and respectful, which you can't even say that about <laughs> a lot of stories about Native Americans. But mm. I think, like, that's an incredible story that has, like, so, you know, away from the original subject matter of the book that it just confirms that I think this is an incredible creator and I hope we get every single story she's ever done um, published here in the West. But this book especially is... It's hard to call it, like... A must-read, but if that is something that appeals to you, I like highly encourage you to read it. It is really something special. Great. And then finally, a book that you have been trying to get me to read for a long while, Land of the Lustrous. You'll have to trust me here. This is okay. my favorite manga of all time, without question. Fuck. Full stop. All right. Nothing. Hold the phone. Nothing is like the book. Better than Death Note? <laughs> <laughs> Better than Monster Musume? <laughs> Better than I saw. Uh, I, I was in Kinakunya the other day and I found uh, they have paper craft of Monster Musume, oh, which is a um, an unbelievably horny, horny manga and anime series about a dude who, who has um, like girls who are like. I remember he's like living like, with like, them in his apartment or he has to like fuck them to save the world, but it's something like that. No, he's not allowed to fuck oh, okay. them. Okay. There's someone. But so they're animal, they're like animal women. So there's like a like a centaur with like enormous rack. A mermaid. Um, there's like a the, the no, mermaid snake. is like a, a snake, but there's also a mermaid. Oh. Um, and there's a bird woman who is also like, like you know, like meant to look like a child, I guess, which Big is you know, very, very great. Spider. There's a, oh yeah, there's a spider, and they all try and fuck him, and he's not allowed to fuck them, or else he'll get arrested and go to jail. <laughs> and also, the the government official who's not allowed, to, who's making sure he doesn't fuck them, also wants to fuck him. So very very great story. Um, but if you want to make papercraft, there's there exists a book of papercraft for Monster Musume. Is, like, is it like a specific part for like the tits, or do you have to like poke? Like a stick through the back of one of the pieces of paper to push it. No, out. no, there's, they, they they provide extra paper so you can make those geometric shapes as big as you need to. Fantastic! <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> What's the point? Um, nothing will beat that. <laughs> I wish I had a kid who couldn't look- here. I want to experience I'm, weird. I'm looking racks. it up now so I can. Yes, I can, I'm, I'm going to make the um the the image for the episode <laughs> um <laughs> papercraft of Monster <laughs> Perfect. 
<laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, but yeah, sorry, Land of the Lustrous, your favorite Jesus manga of all time. This is exciting. <laughs> oh, yep, there's some, there's some tributes to these uh, paper crafts if you look hard enough. Excellent. <laughs> anyway, my favorite manga of all time uh, by Haruka Ichikawa is Land of the Lustrous. This strange tale of gem-like creatures living on a on a weird version of Earth where they're constantly hunted down by Buddhist creatures who live on the moon to turn them into jewelry, and they exist on a hardness scale where it's like diamonds are up the top as a ten and phospholite is down the bottom as like a three point five, so they're weak and they can't help fight to protect this world from the weird lunarians, or what the crazy Buddhist creatures are called. And from there is one of like the most incredible stories of perseverance, resilience, learning to fight, uh, learning to fight to change yourself, and what it means to try and change yourself. As becomes like a wider comment on the way sort of society pushes you to be one sort of thing, and how you break to fit inside that, and how you've got to try and break again to fit out of that, and so many more themes have become more apparent, like even halfway through the series, that is also about these gorgeous, like, gorgeously designed gem-like creatures fighting against these crazy Buddhist figures that, and these creatures in the sea, and what is the strange history of this world, and what does that mean for these characters that just becomes a, a story, like, across every kind of fiction you can imagine that I've just not experienced anywhere else. And there is such an incredible use of the black and white um, texture of drawing in this book, the way that shadows and pages are filtered between black and white and uh, Mm -hmm. that duality and that difference that works so well to tell this story. It's such a strange series to sell, but you just got to trust me here. Okay, I trust you. You've earned it. Fantastic. I'll get into it. Okay, maybe next, before we record next time, I'll have read Land of the Lustrous. How yes, exciting. I brought that up, um, I should say, because uh, there are 10 volumes out. The 11th comes out uh, this year, and there are 95 chapters in Japan. The latest chapter, 95, uh, just came out, and it's on hiatus for a bit. So there's no better time to get caught up than during hiatus, because I should also mention this book is also heart-crushingly depressing. Great. Every like of the past twenty chapters just leave an aching void in my heart, where it becomes all that I think about until the next chapter is released, and then it's all I think about again. My phone's background is fan art of this series. Um, I've seen the anime like three times as well because this is this incredible three D animated style that takes what makes this original series a story that can only be told in manga and tells it the only way you can in, in an anime, and it really do be something special. That's great. Okay, cool. All right, I've added it to the list. It's going right up there. I have a, I have a lot of manga that I wanted to get through this year. Um, oh, I can tick off Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. That's great. There we go. I wanted to read here. I'll just read through a few. Uh, I wanted to read Beck, the nice. Kodansha book. Um, I wanted to read... I'm going to choose some random ones that I want to read. School Rumble, oh, yeah. uh, Vagabond, Haikyuu, um, uh, Pano Graffiti, and I don't know what that one is, but it's on, the, it's on my list. Who knows when I put it there? Pano graffiti, Peru's graffiti. Oh, it's um, it's what the uh, girl who does Beast does did before Beast does. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's on my list. 
but I will put what's it called again? Land of the Lustrous. Land of the Lustrous. Okay, it's at the top. Top of the list, baby. Will he read Monster Musume before the year is out? <laughs> um, so we got one more to talk about. I, I, I mean, okay, next next time we talk, I want to talk about that, and also we need to finally talk about Asadora, the um, uh, Naoki Urasawa book. But the um, the first volume of that comes out very soon in the West. Just so we'll wait for that to come Instagram out. Instagram story this morning, but it, out. It's she out. Has a volume in her hand. I'm like, oh my god! And she was like, yep. Get ready. Okay. We're waiting well, for maybe, chapter maybe Siobhan, It's been like six months. Maybe Siobhan and I can talk about the first volume of that because I'm very excited to hear what she thinks of it because I think it's one of the best uh, series that Urasawa, who's done Monster and Pluto and 20th Century Boys, uh, I think is one of my favorites of his and um, shows how much he's grown. Like going from Monster, reading the female characters in that to then reading his take on female characters yeah. in Asadora is just night and day. Um, and uh, so a that's a, a brilliant one. Here. Um, also, I've, I read a trail of blood um, uh, since we last recorded. Um, I, I read it all in one day. It's called Chi no Wadachi in um, in Japan, and it's like a horror manga um, by uh, Oshimi Shuzo. Um, have you read that before? Yes. Um, now we've, we've talked a lot, a lot of horror manga on the podcast before, namely a lot of Junji Ito books. This is a very different type of horror. This is an extremely personal horror um, about. Uh, a relationship between um, a boy and his mother. Um, his mother, in the first chapter, uh, pushes his cousin off a cliff. <laughs> and then he has to lie to protect his mother. But his mother is fucking weird and totally scary and very, very strange. And it, and the it's a very uneasy, uh, unnerving manga to read, but it's also intensely readable. You can just burn through it very fast, and I did. It's super. Did you keep up with that one? Yes, I yeah. um, I should pick up that release. Actually, it looks super good. I my favorite of his. Yeah, the, oh, there's three volumes. There's three volumes out now, um, in in the West. Shit. If you want to read it, yeah, yeah. My favorite vo- uh, story of his is like Flowers of Evil, which is the most like incredible depiction of puberty and strange, complex relationships and becoming who you are. And that'll always stick with me. I actually haven't caught up on a trail of blood. I hear where that story has gone with the crazy, abusive mother. It just gets more insane. But Yeah, totally. You know what? It's actually called Blood on the Tracks, officially. Yeah, that's right. A trail of blood is just what the translators called it. So I got like a reputation with that, I think, before Vertical picked it up. Maybe. Uh, but on the tracks uh, manga, let's find out. It was it um, by Bob Dylan. <laughs> um, it's been published by who's it's a race to find out who who, who published it. It's it, temporarily out of stock everywhere. Cool, but it's um, by Vertical. There you go, Vertical. You did it. Um, but yeah, you can get it uh, in the West now, provided it hasn't sold out. I think it's it's an immensely like you know kind of like cult following uh, online. But uh, it's a it's a good read, an easy one, but a good one. Um, Connor, we did it. We made it through another brilliant episode of all of serious manga. The only podcast guaranteed to make you say, "Hey, that was pretty good." Yeah, I mean, no no other podcast can 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 make you do that. Uh, Connor, if you want to hear more of them, you can. Uh, it is a podcast called Wine Mums. I haven't been on it yet, and it's one of the true travesties of the world. Um, I think Denim, your co-host, hates me, I guess, even though he sent me um, uh, for free his uh, PlayStation um, VR 
move controllers just for free. I am. Um, so, I mean, what a nice thing to do for someone that hates me. I, it just reminds me that I was supposed to ask you maybe a few weeks ago. We put up our few, latest episode in that we literally like directly address asking you on the podcast and then I forgot to. And you were like, no, I will not. <laughs> I will never ask. <laughs> I think Denim calls you a, a cunt on it. But it's Christ. only love. Because <laughs> we want to do a big loving, one piece loving term ever. there. All oh, perfect. Chapters. Has he caught up? He's, he read a chapter a thousand with us. Okay, that's very exciting. All right, well, let's do that. Go, go check out go, go check out Wine Mums. What was your most recent episode about? That was our best of the year. Something good and then also something bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the something good is the subject matter. The something bad is the podcast itself. But we'd be happy to have you. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, let's go check that out. If you want to check out Serious Issues, we are online. Um, our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Um, and we are on Facebook and uh, and Twitter and even Tumblr. Uh, go find us. If you want to find me, I'm at levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all those. My other podcasts are HeyFam. And all the small games, if you want to hear me talk about video games and movies and cartoons, that is the place to do that, both of those places. Thank you so much to Connor, and thank you for you to, list, for you, for, to you for listening. We appreciate it, and we will see you uh, hopefully very soon with Siobhan and Connor not, sure, not, not too far after that. Thanks, Provided we they love say you. yes again. <laughs> Bye-bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.